You're listening to The Connected Care Team, the show where we bring you the stories of care team innovation from the people at the forefront of modern healthcare communication and collaboration. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Connected Care Team. I'm your host, Reagan Wynn, and today we're excited to be speaking with Dr. Mary Asall, Pediatric Emergency Fellow at uh, the University of Oklahoma Children's Hospital. Mary, thank you, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Reagan. I'm happy to be here. So I, I want our listeners to know we've been talking about connected care for a long time. And so I know that you're passionate about how technology can, can make care teams uh, more connected, improve process, and ultimately bring patient care, you know, up-level patient care. So I guess, first off, I'd like to have you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and, uh, you know, what you're doing now, but also, you know, give us a little history of, of where you've come with, with looking at connected care and the technologies that support it. Yeah, well, I'm I'm a pediatrician and I'm doing further, you know, education in a fellowship. So I'm focusing now on pediatric emergency care. And throughout my process, I've sort of come to focus on communication and efficiency in improving our own provider care as well as outcomes for our patients. So that was kind of how we ended up meeting initially a number of years ago, back when I was a resident and you know, it's kind of nice because I've been able to see a number of different organizations and see them from a different, a number of different uh, perspectives uh, with how care is connected and how organizations function. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because when you were in your residency, one of the reports that you worked on or one of the, the studies that you developed was, was with our technology, right? And not to say that we need to talk about Tiger Connect this entire show, but I do want to talk about, was that your first experience? Because one of the things I, I took away from that initial talk that I that I saw you give was you were coming in and people were still using pagers and and it, the shock, the, like the initial, the initial, I guess, not the opposite of whatever some it is when someone gets put onto a computer and doesn't know how to use it. Like, it's like reversing that, like you coming from a technology you know, in your personal life, you're using technology on a regular basis. And then you're going, you know, 30, 40 years back in time when you're, you're, you're faced with, oh, I have to page someone <laughs> like, like, so that was one of the, the things that that really stuck out to me. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that that sort of dip into cold water, technological cold water <laughs> felt like? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I before I, I met you guys in Tiger Connect, that was just our way of life. That was what we knew. And while you know healthcare teams are innately efficient, we learn our workarounds and we learn that this is the way of life. We learn that faxes and pages and carrying, I think six pagers at one time was my limit. That was just how we did things. And until I did that study and I was introduced to texting coming into the field of medicine, I really just hadn't even questioned it in my own work. As soon as we we did the study, which was research developing improvements for communication and efficiency for interfacility patient transport by utilizing texting as well as an algorithm. That's a lot of words to say basically getting patients between hospitals to their better care faster and trying to get rid of the bottleneck effect that some of those slow technologies can cause. Yeah. yeah tell me a little bit about the bottlenecks. Like if, if, if you're, you know, 
if you're paging and you're waiting for someone to call back, that certainly can add time. But I imagine because it's multiple locations, it's not like simply walking down from, from floor to floor. What other challenges were you looking for technology to solve? What, what, what problems were there? You know, I, I've seen a number of bottlenecks since that time period. At the time, we were focusing on the problem that you have one facility that's trying to contact another facility to accept a transport. And so that they could get this patient to where they needed to get the appropriate care. And at the time, a an attending physician in the emergency department or in the critical care unit or whatever would need to accept that patient. However, that attending physician is also caring for a number of patients in front of them at that time. So if they happen to be in a procedure or busy on the other line with another transport that was coming in or, or any other thing that could keep them occupied, they weren't able to take that call and accept the transport. So you have, you know, just waiting online or waiting on a phone call to talk to that physician. Uh, At the same time, the team that would leave from our hospital, now this isn't the case in all hospitals, but in that hospital, we sent a transport team to go pick up the patients from the other hospitals. So that team that would be leaving couldn't leave until the acceptance was completed. Although There were a number of cases where we were the only hospital around. There was a 100% accept rate. We didn't really have a choice of saying no. Um, But until the formality of the acceptance was completed, that unit couldn't leave. So this resolved a lot of those bottlenecks when we did the study. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. So you you had the old way of doing things, and then you you added new technology. Uh, in this case, it was Tiger Connect to 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 streamline that. And you know, for those who are new to the to the show, back then the solution was primarily texting, right? What impact did that have versus the old way or the or the way that you saw when you were first coming in? You know, in that case, it had a lot of. It had our our primary impact as well as a number of different secondary impacts that we found. The primary impact was, you know, it wasn't just using um, Tiger Connect. They were also using an algorithm. And the algorithm kind of said, if you have, say, two ambulances available and it's a hospital that has a child that needs whatever, then absolutely just go ahead and leave. And so then the ambulance is already leaving and all communication was done in a group between the ambulance, the secondary hospital, and and us as the receiving hospital. So, you know, one of the things that we found was not just that they could go ahead and leave, was that everybody had the same information. It wasn't a CB radio and, you know, one person getting the initial communication that's then passing it on to, you know, the nurse and EMT team. There was no game of telephone that was being played over- Literal game of telephone, right? A literal (laughs) game of telephone over a CB connection where you, you couldn't even, you know, hear necessarily everything that was being said. And it definitely wasn't all getting through. So by doing this, we found that everybody was on the same page. It was all, you know, very visible to everyone. Anyone that had questions could pose them to the entire community that was taking care of this patient. And especially with the uh, ambulance care teams, when they had questions for the doctors at the first hospital about what, you know, may have been actually given because things happen in, during transition times. And, you know, sometimes they also have questions for accepting physicians as to what should we do or here's the status of the patient. And all of that is able to, to go on in real time for everybody that's in, in the conversation. So I, I think that that's really interesting. So the primary 
the primary impact was automatically just clarity was maintained throughout the process. And then you said that like that in, then could, could speed things up. Was there any sort of measurable impact that you saw out of that? Yeah, I think, you know, that's honestly something that we found secondarily, the, the clarity of communication. Our primary impact was actually trying to get patients to our hospitals faster. And we were able to demonstrate a considerable time decrease in getting patients to our hospital faster, um, sometimes up to 35 minutes. And when you're thinking about, you know, in my field, especially a baby who needs a, a critical service that isn't provided at the initial hospital, 35 minutes is a lot of time. It really becomes a matter of life and death, I would imagine, in, in some of those cases. Did you then see other use cases within your department, or did you start seeing ways that it could impact other departments as well. It was actually a very organic spread. It was really nice. So it started with that study with the emergency departments. As soon as that worked, so the physician I was working with happened to be kind of one of the, the major communication players at our institution. And we were able to do a second pilot in within the pediatric department. So my department ended up being the first and we're all residents. And so we were using it to communicate with each other and then from the ER to the floor teams, within our teams, things like that. From then we started getting other departments on board. So then we started getting all of our specialists and everybody on board. And uh, I always joked because my method of implementation was to take the specialist's phone in the ER and just say, I'm downloading this on your phone. Don't worry, it's HIPAA compliant. And you'll appreciate this when I don't have to page you three times when you're with another patient or in the operating room, just answer the text. And so they were, they were a little confused at first, but adopted it really quickly. Now, the only time that I really saw pushback was with people that were a little bit more skeptical about technology. You know, all of us, especially the residents where uh, we use texting constantly, like we can't live without it. This is how we communicate with each other and with the outside world. We do everything technology based. You know, some of our uh, attendings and some of the specialists were still very, I would call them old school. Um and they have a lot of wisdom in the old ways, we yeah. can say that. So they just weren't that comfortable. They weren't texting regularly. They, it just wasn't in their comfort zone. So they were hesitant to adopt it. And as soon as we you know, showed them the app and kind of walked them through it, we also realized that a lot of them, because they're so brilliant in their fields, they didn't want to sit there and ask how to use an app. Right. Like they, they know how to use their cell phones, but they didn't want to ask how to use the app. They also none of us do well sitting still in a room while somebody shows us how to click on things. It's, you know, better to just use it. But as soon as we sat and we showed them how user friendly texting could be and how uh, much it could increase efficiency within our teams and for our patients, I, even the oldest, most old school attendings and, and consultants that we had adopted it quickly. And then there was actually quite a bit of FOMO I would say, <laughs> with other departments or nursing or whoever. So, so was it primarily clinicians or did you have the nursing staff involved at the beginning as well? You know, everything kind of happened fairly quickly and it was all within my last year of residency. And I, I'm doing fellowship in Oklahoma. I did my residency in New York. So I don't know what's happened since I left, but I could say fairly quickly within that year. So we had implemented it to pediatrics. We, you know, put it through to 
the other services. Now, this was mostly just residents and attendings and then special specialists that weren't necessarily leading a resident team, just other specialties. We did not have nurses on at that time, but throughout the year, as people became more comfortable and saw how much um, improvement could be had just by having this, we definitely got, you know, radiology, our technicians were on there and some different auxiliary staff was there which was really nice because then we could say, you know, send a message to one of the echo techs who may be busy and have, you know, echoes to do on multiple different babies or patients um, and could then give us a better idea of when they would be at our patient. We could also then update them and say, hey, you know what? we need this kid to skip ahead in line. We really need you over here faster. And then those other ones can be prioritized afterwards. So it was kind of a quick way to update. Uh, A lot of them didn't carry pagers. Some of them had phones, some of them didn't, but it was definitely more difficult. And so we used that, yeah, with the people that were more portable, like our our, uh, ultrasound technicians. And we also used it with our CT and MRI people. So then we could say, you know, is the CT ready? We'd really like to bring this child down now. Is the MRI ready? What do you need from us? Just things like that. Yeah, and and I think that makes a lot of sense, right? You start bringing those other folks into the into the mix, and and now now what you saw in transport time starts applying to like treatment time, right? And like it just gets faster and faster and faster. Right, and I think one of the fear that most people have is that. You know, there's already a fear that we're spending so much time behind computers, writing notes or just sitting there focusing on computers. So people were afraid that we were going to be transferring that time to just be sitting on our phones um, and just be answering texts and getting constant alarm fatigue from just constant texts coming in. But that really wasn't the case. Instead of having to sit at a desk or figure out eight different ways of getting a hold of somebody that maybe didn't have a pager, you could just very easily text them and it it diminished that time. So instead of just having to be chained to a corded telephone while you were waiting, um, or the alternative, leaving and then having to page somebody again, because now you've worked at a, you're working at a different station because you had to run away. It it really helped with that. And it, it got rid of that concern about the alarm fatigue and the fact that we're actually able to focus more on our patients and we're not hiding behind a phone. Yeah, that's a great point because that means what you thought in the rollout was taking that old way of thinking. Yes, we're we're spending so much time on the phones or so much time trying to track people down via pager that that's going to translate to this. And and clearly it didn't because you send the text, the person responds to the text and you're done, right? Like so so the the fact that people were thinking, "Oh, we already spend so much time, this will just exacerbate that." But it had the opposite effect, I think is really telling of of what happens when something is is disruptive in that way that's a great point i want to you know you i want to move on to a part where you had talked about carrying that that passion around connected care after you left you now have this philosophy around what technology can do to to really improve improve the, those processes and that patient care what are you seeing with other technologies what have you done now that you have this awareness and and, uh, and passion for connected care. How has that carried over as you've left and moved on to, on, on to your next role? So actually the institution that I'm at right now isn't using Tiger Connect. So most people are still using kind of the pager fax service. We've, I, I'm working on some projects within the facility 
it's a perfect time to kind of see the differences in different technologies. And people are hungry for technology. We know that there's a problem now. It's not where we were five, 10 years ago, where people aren't even thinking that text is a possibility, um, or technology needs to be upgraded. And we're just kind of, you know, stuck in this is our way of life. They know that there, there needs to be changed. So now I've been seeing a number of different things within my facility. So one of the things that's been implemented is cell phones. So they've tried having cell phones for each of, you know, each of the main providers in the ER. We have one for the fellows, a couple for the attendings. And, you know, I have to say that it's nice having them because it doesn't tie us to the chair, but I carry it around (laughs) less than I should because it's just another thing that I, I have to carry on me at all times. And I just don't like carrying that many things around. I, I keep a fanny pack. I've got all sorts of equipment in it all the time. I'm known for that. But, you know, having just one more cell phone on me, I don't know why. That just feels like it's weighing me down and I don't do it enough. Yeah, I, I think that makes a strong argument for a, for a solution that can be, de- you know, uh, device, de- uh, device agnostic, meaning that we could just log in wherever we are, whether it's a desktop or onto a, a personal device, as long as you're credentialed for it, that there's an argument to be made that that it's not about the device itself. It's about the the software that you're you're a part of. So so it sounds like you're kind of having to face that challenge again of 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 but with less barriers this time. I'm sure it's been exacerbated by COVID because now people are trying to not do things as much as face-to-face or, or where it can help. So I'm sure you're starting to see video messaging or telehealth or, or photo sharing. Those things help with consultations. Is that something that's starting to evolve because of, because of COVID? What I have found on our campus is that it's not just COVID. COVID is making it uh, maybe more strained or more apparent how much technology is needed. But, you know, we have physicians that are or residents that are covering uh, multiple different hospitals within one campus, especially after hours and at night. Um, and in order for them to, you know, know how critical a patient is or how they're changing or to be able to see things like like pictures, yeah, texting would be nice. But right now, all we can do is page them repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And they may be at another hospital that's, you know, a, it's a 20 minute walk away. No, that's not that long away. But when you have a critical patient in one tower and a critical patient in another tower and you have to prioritize, it's hard to just walk back and forth and see them and have a conversation which technology or not, everything, the, the number one thing that's always the most helpful among providers is a face-to-face conversation in front of the patient or with the patient in front of you. And we can't have that, especially with, with COVID. And we try to maintain our distance as much as possible. But, you know, a lot of times within campuses, there's a distance to be had with or without a pandemic. And that's another thing that we need to overcome and that this can help. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a very valid point. We we saw a spike in telehealth requests and actually ended up pushing our, our patient facing version. So I, I think that techno, you know, there's a forcing function from COVID that is pushing some of these technologies like telehealth jumped 10 years down the road. <laughs> you know, I think there was a lot of restrictions that would have kept us from getting there faster. And they basically were like, you know, let's, let's, let's ramp this up. As someone who is passionate about the space, what technologies do you think, or what te- technologies do you anticipate coming what other technologies within that sort of communication hub or outside of that, but within the care team 
are you most excited about seeing in the future? Like where, where do you think we're going in the next five years or so? You know, most of the research in the past had been on healthcare by technology between providers and patients. And my focus had been on providers to providers, trying to increase efficiency and wellness and decrease stress, things like that. Now, since COVID, the the thing that jumped out at me, first of all, I'm incredibly impressed at how easily adopted it was by organizations just nationwide and how easily people were able to keep in contact with their patients, whether that's for therapy or for, you know, easy visits, things like that. I think those are critical things. The number one thing that jumped out at me, though, that that kind of broke my heart is the fact that when somebody's admitted to the hospital in the adult tower or, you know, in our pediatric center, they can't really have visitors with them. So in the pediatric center, you can have one, sometimes two visitors. In the adult tower, you can't have any, especially when the pandemic is is ramped up. And right now it's definitely ramping up around here. And I think that's the hardest thing for me to think about is having a loved one in a room in the ER or, you know, admitted upstairs and you can't be next to them. They're confused and scared. You can't intercede for them to help communication. And you really just want to be able to sit there with them. And that's just, it's hard on everybody. And I, I completely believe that emotional strain translates to decreased healing. So having somebody that's a much more comfortable patient, you know, will improve healing and improve their health overall. So one of the things that I really wanted to see, and I kind of started talking to people uh, within our facility and actually at the Tiger Connect company as well, is trying to find ways of getting more video chat options, not just FaceTime, but video chat options overall for families to be included in the care team with the patients. So having it say like in a patient's room with, you know, the family present, a physician present, you know, the whole staff there, the way we do family style rounds. So everybody's on board with what's going on, what the next steps are. And then that family can also just be present with their family and see them and try to break down some of that barrier of distance. Yeah, that that seems like a like a not just a head initiative, but a heart one. And I and I and I I think the idea of adding the family as part of the care team is something that really resonates, especially during this time. Because if it's the one thing we're all feeling, it's it's that distance as we as we have to uh, quarantine at home. You know, for those of us on the on the civilian side of it. You know, <laughs> well, you know, on on that note, I, I would ask you one last question. If there was one final thought you could give or say to any of our listeners around how they should be thinking about their own care teams and their orgs, whether they're providers, whether they're physicians, whether they're the IT team that's trying to figure out how to support these folks and give them the tools they need. What's that takeaway you wanna, you wanna ask or give to them when they are thinking about, about you know, connecting their care teams? I think my advice to anybody is to not get too comfortable with the workarounds they've figured out. They're all smart people. We will all figure out workarounds, but don't get too comfortable with them. Um, Don't be afraid of new technology. Embrace it. And there will be problems with it when you're implementing it. Just always give feedback. Find the people to give feedback to. So, you know, give feedback to each other, give feedback to your company representative or your IT administrator or whoever it may be. But that's one of the things that makes this kind of texting different than 
you know, WhatsApp or whatever other texting, you know, we do regularly. And that is that it is hospital provider centric. So it's truly taking into account the way that we function, even though, you know, developers that are creating and aren't necessarily people that have been in our shoes, they're listening. So always, always give your feedback as to what you would find helpful and things that you don't use and things that could be improved upon because they want to hear. And I think a lot of people think that they don't, what they're given is what they're given, but just to be vocal. Yeah, um, that's great. Well, Mary, uh, I want to say thank you. So uh, thank you to Dr. Mary Assal for joining us today and be sure to listen in to our next episodes. Once again, I'm your host, Reagan Wen, and thank you for listening to the Connected Care Team. And thank you, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Connected Care Team. To learn more about Care Team Collaboration Solutions, please visit us at tigerconnect.com and be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook so you can stay connected to the latest episodes, news, and announcements.